everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Therese. Therese couldn't even get it out, but y'all knew what I was trying to say. <laughs> I am your host, Therese. Therese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And tonight's poem, I'm going to go way, way, way back. <laughs> and this one is when I had a jealous moment. Here we go. It's called, I See You Staring. Here we go. I see you staring as she walks by. You pretend to have something in your eye. Sometimes you're bold and you keep on glaring while I am standing right next to you. Oh, how daring and disrespectful too. I try to pretend like this doesn't bother me, but the truth is it does and you can't even see it. The frown behind my smile on the inside out, you lusting after another woman has me in so much doubt of our relationship or your level of commitment. Are you all out or all you all in? I try to pretend like I don't see you staring, but I do. And it makes me feel neglected when your eyes wander as they often do. Do you really want them? What should I do? I have heard many say, girl, this is how men are. But a godly man, I do believe, trains himself not to stare. Maybe that's just all in my head. I choose to believe that lie because the truth hurts so badly. Nevertheless, I have to admit, when I often see you lusting and staring at them, that I often see you lusting and staring at them. So I don't believe that I've ever shared that point, but I do remember some of those moments and some of those relationships where I was like, oh, Lord, he's so disrespectful. So, so disrespectful. He can't even pretend as if he is not looking. And yet, he just keeps on looking. So, I wanted to delve into my past for a moment. A lot of y'all may not know this, but I was once a licensed cosmetologist. Yes, I used to do all kinds of hairstyles for a reasonable price, of course. Maybe it was the location of the business, or maybe it was the content of my client's character. But it took me less than one year to decide that styling hair may not really be the career for me. Mainly because I saw how there would be people who truly viewed my kindness, or at least they had me believe in this, as a weakness. And over a period of time, I noticed how a couple of my clients would literally try to get two hairstyles for the price of one. Oh, 
Teresa, I know it's only been one week, but that braid is a little loose over here. So, um, when can you fit me in, girl? Next thing I knew, even though they talking about one little loose braid and asking me if I could tighten it up for them for free. One braid would turn into a whole head of hair. A whole new hairdo, boo. Honey, in the famous words of Sweet Brown, ain't nobody got time for that. I shared this with you because maybe there have been times where folks have taken your kindness as a weakness. It started off by offering them a ride to work because it was 100 degrees outside and you knew it was too hot for them to be standing on the bus stop and then walking a mile or so to work. You know how our parents back in the day used to say, I used to walk three miles in the snow before I made it to school. You know you could stand outside for 15 minutes to catch that bus in the cold. <laughs> but I digress. So yeah, you start off Offering them a ride to work because it was 100 degrees outside. Next thing you know, they start calling you once or twice a week. Asking you to take them to go run errands. Can you take them to the grocery store? They need to go grocery shopping. Can you take, you, can you take them to go pick up their kids from school? You name it. Now what I'm sure started off as a good Samaritan act. You know, you want to try to make sure you get that in, right? Next thing you know, it evolves into a whole sense of obligation. And it's possible. Maybe you aren't quite clear on how to redefine the boundaries of your kindness. And how it is that people treat you and how it is that people speak to you and how it is that people are in your presence but when you're dealing with those type of people that have the audacity to use your transportation and your time and they don't even offer any sort of tangible blessings in return or they feel as if they're entitled and that because you're a child of God, honey, you should just do this because that's what Jesus would want. What would Jesus want? What would Jesus do? You know, there's people like that. Over time, this kind of experience could become taxing and stressful. See, there's a saying that my mom has. She said this, y'all. I feel like for my entire life and I'm 47 years old. I'm sure she said it shorter than that, but sometimes you know how there's certain things that your parents will say that you'll feel like I've been here all my life. I've had to hear these words. That's literally, literally how I feel when I hear these words, but I'm going to share with y'all because maybe somebody needs to hear this, but I would hear my mom say the phone works both ways, man, y'all that used to bother me. I'm not even gonna lie. I'd be like, what does she mean? Maybe because I didn't wholeheartedly get what she was attempting to convey to me, but it would bother me. 
And I don't know if it, I don't know. I can't, I can't speak to it. I can't tell you exactly what it was that was going on in my little world or in my little mind. All I know is that it used to bother me. But now I get it totally. What she was trying to say to me was, if I can call you to check on you to make sure that you're good, then you should be able to do the same. That's what my mom meant. That's what she means to this day, truth be told. And I get that. And I've gotten better over time. But did the other people who were not calling my mom know that she felt this way? Chances are yes, because my mother has absolutely no problem with speaking about whatever it is that crosses her mind, whether invited or uninvited. And it's funny because you know how they tell you that the older that you get, that you will start to duplicate either parent. So if you're a young man, you may become more like your father. If you are a young lady, you may be become more like your mother. And my siblings now pretty much call me a mini version of my mother. And in a lot of ways, I see her all over again in me because she doesn't know a stranger and neither do I. I'll speak to anybody. I did that tonight as a matter of fact. We went to Popeye's to go get some chicken sandwiches because, you know, I haven't had. Well, you don't know this, so I'm going to share it with y'all. I ain't had a chicken sandwich and it's been a minute. And so I had to kind of come to a consensus with my children. What did they want to eat? And they said that they wanted to eat of all the options I gave them Popeye's. So I was like, OK, I guess we could do that because we haven't done that in a minute. And my mouth was savoring for a Popeye's sandwich. You know, the, the crunchy. And anyway, so we get there. And I pay and then they ask if we can pull over. And anytime that you're at a fast food restaurant and you hear, can you please pull over? Or when they say, can you please pull up and park right there? Someone to bring your food out shortly. Shortly really is not shortly. Shortly is 15 to 20 minutes later. But they want to keep the line going, right? So we go and we're in the parking lot. And... When the lady does finally come out, I just looked at her and I said, how are you doing? And she just, you could see her whole body language just shrink. And she was like, I said, it looks like, she, I didn't even let her finish. I said, it looks like there's only two of you working. And she nodded her head and she said, it is. I was like, how are you doing that? I said, is it busy all day? She said, yes. And she said, and I just got hired on as a manager. And I was like, how are y'all going to function if it's this busy and it's just you and one other person? How are y'all going to do this? And she was like, I don't know. I'm thinking about calling old employees for help. I said, because where y'all are located, it is a very busy place. And she said, I know it's hard. So. I took a moment because I was like, well, how can I be a blessing to her, Lord? How can I be a blessing? I found a way to be a blessing to her because she needed her spirits uplifted. She needed someone to tell her, stay in the fight. I know it's hard. I'm looking at it, honey. I know you're going through right now. I don't know how many orders you had to fulfill. And then she looked at her watch and she said, I think we got about 20 minutes. I said, yes, you got about 20 minutes left. She's like, I think I can do it. I said, you can. 
And then I blessed her. And then I went on about my business and she went on about her business. But I wanted her to know you are going to be okay. So when it comes to speaking the things that cross your mind, honey, I know I got it. Honestly, I got it from my mama. <laughs> but what about those people who don't know what it is that you're feeling because you've never expressed your boundaries, you've never expressed your expectations, your pet peeves, your one and dones, your likes, your dislikes, what you hate, and also your non-negotiables. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes when we speak up, It'll cause conflict, maybe because this is when the fork hits the road in your relationships. Nevertheless, it's important for you to speak your truth in love. Love being the operative word, honey. After all, how can two truly walk together along this journey of life unless they both agree? Keep in mind, even agreeing to disagree is still an agreement. So please, don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to speak on behalf of your own self. Don't be afraid to speak your truth in love. Besides, everyone doesn't have to co-sign. But you, you must live with the choices you make even when you are choosing to remain silent. I hope you are encouraged. I hope that you are ministering to yourself. I hope that you are being the best version or becoming the, the best, the very best version of yourself unapologetically. I had a conversation with, I'm starting to believe that this person is in my life to show me where I have, um, where I need growth. And not necessarily for the sake of that person, but just for me to expand how it is that I view certain situations or to remain open-minded, um, even if, this person is in my life for only a season. I'm starting to recognize that when there's certain conversations and certain point of views that are spoken about, that they are triggers for me, but they've been lying dormant. I believe that's one of the other reasons why whenever you get into certain relationships, they don't always have to be romantic. They can literally be platonic, but you'll, you'll learn about the type of people that you mesh well with. And then you'll also learn about the type of people that vex your spirit, if you pay attention. And so I've been very transparent, y'all know, and those of you that don't know, I've been abstinent for over a year now. And what I'm starting to recognize is that there's certain conversations that I don't want to entertain. And I believe part of the reason why I don't want to entertain those conversations is simply because I know 
what is connected to going down that rabbit hole, if that makes sense. So I don't like to talk about sex. I don't like to, and I'm talking about like, don't get me wrong. I've had six children. I've been married before. I absolutely love it. However, because I've made the vow to be abstinent from it, that is not my highlight of conversation every single day. In fact, I'm so preoccupied with pursuing my goals, my dreams, my aspirations, working on the inner me that trying to entertain fulfilling the lust of my flesh is not an option for me in this season of my life. And to some people, if that's all they can think about, they become irritated when you're like, can we talk about something different, please? Or I'm going to have to end this conversation. They become irritated because they're trying to find some of them, not all of them. They're trying to find an entryway. They're trying to find a way to get you to let your guard down. Now, for those of you that are into the word of God, God tells us to guard our hearts. Because out of it is the wellspring of life. Now, I am not a Bible scholar, so I could have just said that whole thing wrong. And if I did, please charge it to my head and not my heart. But I said that to say one of the reasons why that's not my favorite subject or that's not the thing that I choose to entertain is because I'm not on that page of the new book of my life right now. So once I get into right relationship, and this is what I tried to articulate to this individual. When I get into right relationship with the person that I'm courting, with the person that I'm trying to be with, like he's not even, this person is not a part of the equation. So I told him, I said, I don't have to have this conversation with you. I don't, I don't. Well, why? Why? Because uh, you're not my man. Okay. <laughs> you're not an option. Okay. So because you're not my man and you're not my option, certain conversations I'm not going to have with you because what purpose does it serve? I'd, I'd really want to know what purpose does it serve for me to have this conversation with you? Now, the person that I am going to commit my heart, mind, body, soul to will have very intimate conversations about sex, but I'm not in that season of my life right now. So I don't want to talk about it. And it helped me to realize that, and I'm, trust me, I understand it's going to be a whole lot of people that disagree. I get that. But in my mind, that's a conversation I don't need to have and I don't need to entertain because I've abstained from that. So by my entertaining it, by my thinking about it and everything that comes with that, then it brings it to the forefront, which right now is way, way in the back somewhere. Why would I want to bring it to the forefront if I'm not entertaining it? So what I was trying to convey to him is that that's one of the reasons why there's no point in, in you and I having that conversation. First off, we're not dating each other. Second off, there's not, I'm not committed to you. You're not committed to me. Third, I know you're not my future hubby. So that in and of itself, I don't, it's like I'm entering into a different arena of my life. And it's, I'm starting to realize that everybody is not entitled to the things that I hold sacred. So have this conversation with you for what? I'm not planning on sharing my life with you. 
I hope this is helping somebody because it's helping me. But it's like I'm starting to learn that there are certain things that I don't have to discuss just because someone brings it up. And there's certain conversations I don't have to have when someone brings it up. But at the same time, that's how you define your boundaries. So I, when I'm looking back on my life, I'm starting to realize I don't think I ever really had. No, it wasn't that I didn't have it. It's that I didn't use it. I've always had the voice. I just didn't use it to speak up. So I let a lot of things slide and I let a lot of things go. And I, let a, I brushed a lot of stuff under the rug that bothered me. And I pretended as if I was okay with it. And then I suffered internally because I really never was. And so I'm starting to recognize, I remember my aunt had told me one time, she was like, Teresa, when you hit 40 years old, baby, there's gonna be a sense of liberty that takes place. And I didn't know what she meant by that. And she's like, oh, and then when you hit 50, it's a whole nother level. The things that you pretty much used to let people get away with, it's almost as if you have this reckoning with yourself. And, and it's just like, no, I don't have to tolerate that. I don't have to put up with that. And she said, you become more and more like outspoken in the sense of protecting yourself. And so maybe I'm entering into that season of my life to where I'm starting to recognize there are certain conversations that I just choose not to have. And it doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me holier than thou. It doesn't make me self-righteous. It just makes me careful because I'm trying to protect what I hold. I didn't know the value of my body. I didn't know the value of my mind. I didn't know the value of my existence. I was casting my pearls to swine and didn't even realize it because they said, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're cute. I was casting my pearls to swine. They knew their agenda. I did not. Well, after you get a certain age, you can't literally hide behind ignorance. You literally should be trying the spirit by the word of God. You should be trying the spirit by the spirit. Instead of just taking things at face value. And so I think part of what I love about this journey is that I'm able to call a spade a spade. I can see it for what it's worth. And I can say it. This is who you are. And it's so funny because I literally, this particular person communicated something to me that let me know his intentions. And I'm going to tell you pretty much what he said. I'm trying to, without saying it, because he, it was more words, but in a nutshell, I'm trying to program you. So do you know, ladies, this is for the ladies. This is for the ladies. This is for the ladies. Do you know that there's a level of game in this world that some men play? And what they try to do is get into your head. And they're not getting into your head for the sake of growing you as an individual or adding to your life or trying to help you become the best version of yourself. No, 
They are trying to get into your head so that they can manipulate you and control the narrative of what it is and how it is you're going to serve them. And if they're sly about it, slick about it, if they do this well, then you will be looking up and a year from now, two years from now, from now, you'll be like, I didn't even like him. How am I here? Well, what it is, is that they believe that if they, and this is some men, and some men have succeeded in this. And because they've succeeded in this with other women, they may run across you and feel as if mission will eventually be accomplished. I just got to approach this in a slightly different way. But eventually, you'll bow down. So, this is one of the reasons, ladies, why you must be as wise as a serpent and as innocent as a dove. And if you don't have discernment, please pray for it. Because there are a lot of people in this world that have a field day with playing with your heart and playing with your mind. And if you're not careful, if you're not prayed up, if you're not prayed in terms of, you know, having a covering, someone praying for you, if you're not careful, you could find yourself in a compromising situation because you didn't literally stay covered. And so... As this person was speaking, I was like, thank you, God, for exposing this individual's heart. Thank you for exposing this individual's heart. And thank you that I didn't compromise myself for his heart to be exposed. And I literally, I don't know who it was I was talking to about this, but I had this conversation earlier today. And I literally said, this is one of the perks of being abstinent. One of the perks of being abstinent is because you are able to see when someone is trying to date you, if they're trying to get to know you, whatever, whatever it is that their agenda is. If you take the time out to listen, if you just take the time out to listen, honey, you can learn a lot from a dummy. I'm just saying you really can, but you got to be willing to listen. Don't finish his sentences, honey, let him speak. Don't finish the sentence. Let him speak. And then when he's speaking, make sure you listen. I don't care if you got to sit down with a notepad and take notes. Make sure you are attentively listening to the words that are coming out of his mouth. You know, our elders used to say, when a person shows you who they are, believe them. Don't make excuses for what people do. Because people are going to show you who they are. You just got to give them time. They're going to show you. So literally listening, listening. I was like, oh, so your agenda finally was exposed. It took three years because I've been listening for three years. But I was like, now I did not say that I've been abstinent for three years, <laughs> but it took three years in the course of this person speaking, trying to pursue me and all of that for me to hear what the true motive was. And I was like, wow, this is why it is important to be at, like, you know, just hold all the trying to, you know, the just, ooh, sometimes give yourself time to literally, if you can only hear a certain way, 
train yourself to hear differently because your legs being wide open you ain't really hearing nothing you're hearing what you want to hear but when you close them legs and you open them ears it's so much that you can learn from people it's so much and you don't have to compromise yourself yourself to get that truth they'll they'll tell you they'll tell you and i was like oh thank you lord thank you that the truth has now been exposed and then all it did was let me know, Teresa, this is not an easy journey. I never said it would be. But you're learning so much about your value while you wait. And I really am. I'm learning how there's so many people that are surface people. They don't ever intend on going deep. They don't ever intend on being deep. They're just surface people. And I don't want surface. Been there, did that. Got too many t-shirts. So this is going to end my episode because I will get on the rant. And then next thing you know, it's an hour later. <laughs> but just pay attention. If you stop trying to end the sentences for him. Men, I know women do this too. So if you're a man that's... You falling for the okie doke at one point too. And next thing you know, she all up in your pocket and you just like, I can't even pay my rent because I done paid hers and the card note and everything else to go with it. And she never, ever wanted to be with me. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that you encountered that. Women, for the men that were doing whatever they could to get in between your legs and then commitment was never on the tip of their lips, nor was it ever a thought for them. I'm sorry because I know a lot of us have experienced that where we've literally been preyed on p-r-e-y-e-d and used and abused and then dropped like a bad habit so i'm so sorry if you have experienced that but one of the main reasons why i made a vow of abstinence was because i wanted to start to see myself through the lens of my creator and not from the lens of man because man will disappoint you. They will lie to you. They will say whatever they need to do to get whatever they want. I wanted to see myself the way God views me. Because that right there, his vision of who I am is a better vision than I could ever dream of by myself. So I hope that you're encouraged. Y'all know how I do it. I love to read letters to my future hubby. So I'm going to do that right now. Let me get the letter together. And it is dated May the 6th of 2021. Here we go. Dear future hubby, on this past Tuesday, May the 4th, I was on my way home after running a few errands and I heard this still small voice speak to me and say, you should stop by your grandparents' house. I quickly obeyed and made a plan, uh, made a phone call to my grandmother to see about her and my grandfather's whereabouts. She told me that she was literally about to head out to run some errands. I asked her if she needed me to run them for her since I was already out and about. She politely declined. I asked her how long would she be? She told me it may take her a while. I then expressed my heart to her. You see, I've learned how not to put off tomorrow what I am able to do today. 
And because I hadn't seen my grandfather since he'd been released from the hospital and I was in that area, I figured now would be a great time to stop by. She asked me how close I was. I was literally, literally up the street from them. And so she waited for me to arrive. I'm so grateful she did. I grabbed a chair, sat down next to my grandfather, and listened to his walk with God. You see, this wasn't planned, but I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And sitting next to my grandfather, listening to the moment he knew God was real, made my heart smile. And to see my grandfather's unwavering gratitude for God's grace and his mercy in his life made my entire day. As he talked, he would flip through different channels. One moment we would be watching sports. The next moment we would be watching a pastor giving a sermon. Then my grandfather told me about my great grandmother, his mother, and how she would introduce whomever she talked to, to God. Then he told me about one of his old pastors. He said, my pastor would always say, try Jesus. Now, if you try him and he doesn't work out for you, you can always go back to the way you were living before. I smiled. I told my grandfather, but granddad, once you try Jesus, your life is never the same. He said, I believe that was the whole point, baby. And I saw the tears stream down his eyes. Crazy thing is, until that very moment, I had never seen my grandfather's hazel eyes. They were so pretty and he was so humble. I complimented his eyes and he smiled. What I don't think about, what I don't think my grandfather even knew is that because he is my only living grandfather now, my mother's father, I cherish my moments with him way more. I look forward to spending quality time with him. He inspires me. And to know that he has a wonderful relationship with God makes my heart smile. Because I know that my grandfather is in excellent hands. Dear future hubby, do you still have your grandparents? Do you make sure that you spend quality time with them if they are still living? Even if it means sitting next to them and listening to their life's experiences. That's actually my favorite part. I love, love listening to history. Crazy thing is when I was younger, I didn't like history at all in school. <laughs> but maybe this is why I am so drawn to seasoned people. Because there's something about being in the presence of wisdom. We can learn a lot if we simply master the art of listening. Well, I pray that you had a blessed and fruitful day. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, the most amazing day when or afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this message. But please do me a huge favor. Please take care of yourself because there is only one you. 
signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.